For as long as we have lived For as long as we have known Love has carried us You're listening to the Sermon Podcast of Genesis West in Robbinsdale, Minnesota. You can find out more about us at genesiscove.org. Enjoy the teaching. Our reading today is from Luke 21, 25 through 36, the voice translation. There will be earth-shattering events. The heavens themselves will seem to be shaken with signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars. And across the earth, the outsider nations will feel powerless and terrified in the face of a roaring flood of fear and foreboding, crashing like tidal waves upon them. What's happening to the world, world, people will wonder. The cosmic order will be destabilized. And then at that point, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and blazing glory. So when the troubles begin, don't be afraid. Look up, raise your head high, because the truth is that your liberation is fast approaching. Look over there at that fig tree and all the trees surrounding it. When the leaves break out of their buds, nobody has to tell you that summer is approaching. It's obvious to you. It's the same in the larger scheme of things. When you see all these things happening, you can be confident that the kingdom of God is approaching. I'm telling you the truth. This generation will not pass from the scene before everything I'm telling you has occurred. Heaven and earth will cease to exist before my words ever fail. So be careful. Guard your hearts. They can be made heavy with moral laxity, with drunkenness, with the hassles of daily life. Then the day I've been telling you about might catch you unaware and trap you. Because it's coming, nobody on earth will escape it. So you have to stay alert praying that you'll be able to escape the coming trials so you can stand tall in the presence of the Son of Man. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Becky. Uh, Let's pray as we move into the sermon. God, thank you so much uh, that you in Christ have come and that you in Christ are coming in every moment and that you in Christ will come again. Uh, Help us to wake up to that with our spirits and not just our minds. Amen. Uh, So the season of Advent is the beginning of the church calendar. It turns over every single year at this time, uh, like a favorite novel that maybe you read over and over again. And even though you know the characters, you know the plot, something new is seen every single time you go through it. And that's how I feel about Advent. I love starting the church year again with a new beginning. And some of the themes of Advent, as Terry said, Advent means arrival. So we're anticipating the arrival of light into darkness. Some of the themes of Advent are some of our favorite things in the whole world. Number one, waiting. Number two, naming reality. Number three, acknowledging darkness. Number four, hoping for light. Number five, waking up. So here's how the story starts, as Becky read. And so just kind of Picture a Hallmark movie starting this way. 
there will be earth-shattering events. The heavens themselves will seem to be shaken with signs in the sun and the moon and the stars. And across the earth, outsider nations will feel powerless and terrified in the face of a roaring flood of fear and foreboding, crashing like tidal waves upon them. What's happening to the world, people will wonder. But when the troubles begin, don't be afraid, look up, raise your head high, because the truth is that your liberation is fast approaching. Whew! What is happening in the world? Fear, foreboding, tidal wave. But don't be afraid. Your liberation is fast approaching. So uh, the Christmas story is a mystery that's sort of straightforward as far as it can be. The Christmas story is that God is wrapped up as a baby. God with us comes in a manger. But Advent is a mystery in a sort of paradoxical way. And what I mean by that is this. We have to wait for the incarnation, which has already happened, so that it can happen again in our lifetime. We have to wait for the incarnation, which has already happened, but we need it to happen again in our lifetime. Why? That's the first all-play question. Why do we need the incarnation to happen right in the middle of our fear and foreboding? we forget. What do we forget? Say it again. We forget what light is. Yes. We forget that God is with us. Yes, Pam. We forget who we are. Yes. Say it again. We forget peace. Thanks, Pia. We forget peace, we forget light, we forget who we are. It's like we've fallen asleep and we need to wake up, right? But the the really paradoxical and great thing about Advent is you can't try hard to wake up. You just need to come awake when the circumstances of your life jolt you awake or gently nudge you awake And Advent invites us to pay attention in a new way to the situations in our life that jolt us awake or that nudge us awake so that we can remember who we are and what light is and who Christ is and what Christ is doing in the world. So Advent is going to teach us to hold these two realities, the roaring flood of fear and foreboding and our approaching liberation together, not as sequential events, but as things that are happening at the same time. So another all-play question, what things are bringing you great fear and foreboding in the world these days? You'd be a pretty short list. Yeah, Lige. Pain. Thanks, Lige. Pain. Homework. Thanks, Isaac. Fear and foreboding. Someone said something in the back. 
Oh, indifference. Thanks, Bob. Yeah, indifference. Yeah. Thanks, Bob. Whew. What's causing you fear and foreboding? What's causing you to say, what is happening in the world? Tear gassing children on the border. Cruelty? Cruelty. Hate? Yeah. Say it louder. Mistrust. Say it again. Climate change. Yeah, reports are coming out. Someone said something up here. Rise in addiction. Hi, Brian. Good to see you, man. Ugh. Um, and it's easy to think about fear and foreboding in the world, right? But Advent always, or also, invites us to look at the darkness in our own hearts, doesn't it? Right? So I'm not going to ask you, like, what are you afraid of in your own heart, though maybe that would be a conversation for a coffee later. But Advent invites us to wake up to those places in our lives where we feel like the darkness is winning. So the Bible says the great mystery, the great hope, is that Christ resides within us. And not because we prayed a prayer when we were four years old, asking him into our hearts, but because the very incarnation itself proves that that's where God longs to hide, right within you. Christ in us, the hope of glory, Paul writes. So how do we hold that hope within the darkness? Verse 34 says, guard your hearts, because they can be made heavy with moral laxity, drunkenness, and the hassles of daily life in that order. Uh, the word for guard is prosecco, and it means to bring a ship to land or to attend to one's self. So the first thing about Advent, as it invites us to live with the hope of Christ within us, is that we need to guard, we need to tend to our hearts. We need to bring the ship back to the harbor. Before you can stare into the roaring flood of fear and foreboding, you need to bring that ship back so that you can withstand the storms when you do take them on. So Advent invites us not to try hard to wake up, but to simply bring our awareness to the reality that God in Christ is nourishing you, sustaining you, and restoring you at all times at the very core of your being. That's the reality that we fall asleep to. So three very tangible, gritty, earthy practices that I want to invite you into during Advent. When you wake up, pray this prayer. God, thank you for restoring me with sleep. Just when you wake up, God, thank you for restoring me with sleep. When you eat a meal, God, thank you for nourishing me with food. And when you go to bed, God, thank you for sustaining me for another day. 
that's going to bring your awareness back to the reality of Christ within you, nourishing you, restoring you, and sustaining you because we fall asleep to that reality. And the dream is that we're all alone. So we live in this dream world. It's kind of a nightmare world of fear and foreboding. I'm all by myself. I'm all on my own. If I don't sustain myself, no one else will. If I don't nourish myself, no one else will. And if I don't restore myself, no one else will. And so that's why the addiction is rising and rising, because we're living in a dream world where we're absolutely all alone. And we need to nourish ourselves and restore ourselves and sustain ourselves. And it doesn't work. Amen? So we need to bring the ship back to the harbor and tend to ourselves if we're ever going to do the work of facing storms in the world. And then verse 36, you also have to stay alert or stay awake, praying that you'll be able to escape the coming trials so you can stand tall in the presence of the Son of Man. So all play question. Um, what's it like to realize suddenly that you haven't been awake and alert? Like, what's it like to wake up and realize, oh my gosh, how long have I been asleep? How long have I been living in the dream world? What's that like when you, when you realize that in a moment? Disorienting, Joe. Liberating. Is that Greg back there? Thanks, Greg. Liberating. Did you say grief, Jenny? There's also grief for the spaces maybe that you've missed, the places you haven't been, or maybe your body has been, but your, your, your awareness, your alertness, your, your real self has not been awake to. You can be upset with yourself, Charlie, from what you missed. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. Alicia is right. She said, there can be a fight to want to go back to sleep. Why is that so true? We don't want to deal with reality. Tia, thanks. Reality, that reality, that awakeness, um, is even though the reality is Christ in you, nourishing you, restoring you, sustaining you, that's reality. But when you wake up to reality, you realize like in a stark way, how um, um, the tidal wave is crashing. And it, it makes you realize your need for Christ in you. Amen? That's why like when Richard Rohr talks about when tragic things happen, we wake up, right? When loss happens. I mean, we, we, you just don't have a choice, really. You wake up. But then, eventually, you, you, you fall back asleep, right? Now, the point of Advent is not to feel bad about falling asleep or to try hard to stay awake. We will all fall asleep. It's to become aware to the reality that in every moment we can wake up again to the reality of the nourishing, sustaining, and restoring presence of Christ in you and Christ in the world. But we need to bring our awareness to that. That's why 
When we wake up, God, thank you for restoring me of sleep. When we eat, God, thank you for nourishing me with food. When you go to bed, God, thank you for sustaining me for another day. But stay alert, stay awake. So Advent invites you to simply bring your awareness also to the reality that Christ is present within you at all times and all things. And because of that, you really can stand even when the tidal wave is coming. You can stand. Not because you're strong, but because the presence of Christ within you is nourishing you, sustaining you, and restoring you so that you can stand in the face of trials. So Advent is really all about reconciling the presence of Christ in you and in the world, the presence of pain and evil in the world, and bringing those two things together and holding them together. And the only way you can do that is by being awake. So here's another practice. Because the only way to wake up that I know of is um, when you have that moment where you're realizing you've been in dream world, it's to return to your breath, right? And so you can just, that's why at the end of every service we go, breathe in, breathe out. But I want to invite you to accompany the breathing in with this little prayer. You breathe in, Christ is hidden in me. So that's, you're bringing your awareness back to the reality. This is the, the truest, most real thing in the universe, that Christ hides within you. So you breathe in, Christ is hidden in me, and you breathe out, there is nothing to fear. Whew! There is nothing to fear. Be afraid, for sure. Being afraid is totally normal but there's nothing to fear. Christ is hidden in me. There's nothing to fear. Talking to some friends this morning, I said, how are you doing these days? They said, today is good. I've learned to only do today. That's all I can do. And I thought, man, that's profound wisdom. Profound wisdom. Today is all I can do. When you return to your breath and you become aware of the Christ within you, that's really nourishing you, that's actually sustaining you, and that really is restoring you, you realize that not only is it not just today, it's just really like right now. That's what you have right here, right now, this breath, this moment. And if we can stay awake to it, we can realize that the light has come, the light is coming, and the light will always come. Amen. This is the table, not of the church, but of the Lord. It is made ready for those who love God and for those who want to love God more. So come, you who have much faith and you who have little, you who have been here often and you who have not been here long, you who have tried to follow, and you who have failed, come. Because it is the Lord who invites you. It is God's will that those who want God should meet God here. <laughs>